say it in jar in the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Tell you why the day is sunny. I'm in love with lips of honey. Well, Good evening. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. Tonight, I my guests are Cindy Chapman and Carol Muller from Muska Lighting. Muska Lighting has locations in Eden Prairie and Roseville here in Minneapolis, and uh, or in the Minnesota area. And Cindy and Carol will be sharing insights on lighting selection and design. Cindy, Carol, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you very much. Are you guys excited? Glad to be here. Uh-huh. Are you going to? Are you ready? Illuminate us. <laughs> we all, of course. <laughs> yes. See, it's I, what we do. It's well, yeah. Thank you. I didn't put that in the program plan because I had to get the the initial response to my brilliant pun. Oh, and it's never been done before. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. We missed the but <laughs> Our master spirits chiming in. Mr. Dan Newkirk from Benedict's Mercy in Mill Valley Kitchen is with us. Mr. Newkirk, how have you been? It's been a good day. Has it? It's going to get better. Uh, we already started with a little bit of primer and tequila, so we're all feeling pretty good here in the uh, in the studio. But you are going to make a classic for us tonight, correct? Correct. Give me the deets. Uh, so we're going to make a classic uh, margarita, but with obviously modern modern day twists. Uh, the cool thing about this margarita is it comes out bright orange, uh, thanks to our friends over at Tattersall and their their bitter orange liqueur. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's got all the same components. Uh, you know, I feel about sugar, mm-hmm. so this one has our uh, orange agave. Mm-hmm. In it, I don't really like using natural. I mean, I don't. I don't like using processed bleached sugar, so I try to stay uh, low on the glycemic index. That stuff will kill you and probably cause cancer. Yes, all the cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to skip that completely, and instead, there's enough sweetness in the natural bitters. You're saying? Uh, so I've, I've manipulated some of the flavors. So we we have lime juice. I have a lime bitters to kind of help combat the bitter orange liqueur, and then okay. we stick to the we stick to the game plan for the uh, tequila. I'm loving it. All right, Mr. Johnson, hit us with some mixing music. Excellent. Dan, tell us how you make this fabulous cocktail. Give me one and a half ounces of uh, Reposado uh, Sawza, half ounce of the bitter orange liqueur, three-quarter lemon, I'm sorry, three-quarter lime, and a quarter ounce of the uh, house-made orange agave. One eyedropper, one full eyedropper of Dash Fire Lime Bitters. All right. Today, today I totally cheated because I was on the run. So I got the bottle and we're, you know, that's the display. But I brought my batch so I can just batch this up real quick. We'll pretend that you're mixing it all together, but it's already kind of prefabbed. The Sawzaw, by the way, you were saying before the program, is, is like, uh, is disappearing. Sawzaw Blue will no longer be available in any market. They're discontinuing it. Which is tragic. Sawzaw Blue, a beautiful agave, uh, tequila. Um, and uh, what is, it, is it? Is it tariffs that you said are killing it? Or are there new... No, just the, the price of import. Hmm. So Import-export, it's very expensive to bring over. And much like the bourbon scare years ago, uh, we're running... You can only, So the, the average yield time for a usable agave plant is eight years, eight to ten years. So you can't really speed that process up. Uh, whereas bourbon, you can have production. This, you're, you have to wait for the plant to grow itself. It takes eight to ten years for an agave plant to grow and be harvested into, as we like to say, the blood of Jesus? Sure does. Interesting. Who knew? Did you know that? I did not know that. I think I'm going to go out and get some agave plants and start growing. <laughs> we've, we've all had that game plan. I wish the best of luck to you. <laughs> you haven't seen her backyard. Heard. <laughs> 
<laughs> or perhaps the, uh, the 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 lights hiding in the uh, basement as you're growing. Yeah, agave. growing lights. <laughs> the growing lights. Agave, right? Agave only. <laughs> And things have quickly gone off the rails here in segment one of Drinking the Style. I got the shoulder issue. Can you have, have you some agave, please? Absolutely. <laughs> agave oil is going to be the future. <laughs> All right. So you're mixing it up. You're shaking vigorously. Now, you're not using any kind of – we've had this conversation about using egg whites as an emulsifier in, in margaritas. You're not a fan in this particular iteration. No, but I do make a, uh, a, a black sea salt air foam. That's an option for this sometimes, but uh, that's another whole other uh, chemistry bag. Really? Well, you... we could try that out on break. Or you could just come into Mercy and I'll make it for you. Okay. There we go. Which is always worthwhile. <laughs> if you go into Mercy and you say, I want the black sea foam, what did you call it? Uh, it's a black sea salt air foam. A black sea, sea salt, salt air foam. We'll know you're a drinking the style listener and we'll know that you are a person of taste. All right. Wow, this is amazing. Yeah, this cocktail is coming out with an almost orange tang-like uh, uh, presence. I got to short you a little bit. I'll fix it. Just cap it off with some tequila. I got a lot to do today. <laughs> I can't do this over. <laughs> All right. I have a super margarita. All right, ladies, here we are. Oh, do you have any garnish or are we doing it as yeah. it stands? Yeah, we'll garnish all right, you're garnishing with a lime wheel. And I, I got to catch up one for Brett because I only made four and five. Just, the number of five is screwing me up today. Wow. That's all right. Oh, this is a beautiful looking cocktail. All right. There it is. So once again, this is uh, listed on the menu at Mercy as simply? Uh, Mercy Margarita. The Mercy, Mercy. Margarita. Ladies, Mercy. Newkirk, Brett, you're just out of luck for the moment. Oh, I think the extra tequila really gives it a beautiful, delightful kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm, that's yummy. What do you think? You like it? Mm, excellent. Yes. <laughs> excellent. All right. So there it is. And uh, and this cocktail may or may not be on the Drink in the Style website, which, by the way, at least has been updated to be a link to each and every program that we have done up to this date. One of the other cool things with this is so we're on the Passport Program for Minneapolis. The Passports Program is a drinking program where – you get a passport from certain places. It's $25, but it's got about 50 different bars and restaurants that offer um, deals. So our deal is you get a passport, you come in, we'll give you a stamp, and you get buy one, get one on our house margarita or the uh, old-fashioned. Which is I fair. have that passport, by the way. The new one comes out uh, November 4th. That's our launch party. So you probably have the summer one. We're going into the, the fall winter. Do the old ones expire? Yeah, the fall winter. I mean, Arr. yeah. Because I have one I haven't used it yet. It's I, I, get you, box. I get you a new one. Thank you. I got one as a gift from Amy Colliner from Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. If she happens to be listening, shout out to Amy Colliner from Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. All right. We've got a couple of minutes and we're going to do our traditional asking of an inane question, something that has nothing to do with any subject of relevance that I have simply planned out ahead of time for no particular reason. Are you ladies ready? Ready. We're ready. All right. Here's the question. Why do we dream? Why do we dream? What's the purpose? Who wants to take it first? I don't know what the purpose is. I just know that it happens. And for me, I think it's something that's relevant in your life, whether it's past, present, and it just decides that you need to think about it. You skipped future, so you don't think it's necessarily a portal into what's going to happen. It is always a matter of organizing thoughts that have occurred. Uh, yes, I think so, for me. Sandy, what do you think? 
I do sometimes think it has to do with stress levels and something you're worrying about um, on a day-to-day basis. I do think in the creative mind, it also gives light and vision to a project, which I've woke up and, and written down things that I thought about in my dreams. A way what, for your brain to kind of take over on the subconscious level. Right. The other thing I'd like to know, when you dream about shoes on the highway and seeing shoes everywhere, why do we dream that? A fine question. What Let's does talk it mean? about it in just a moment. We'll be right back. I used to think your love was something that I... This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design. I have a philosophy. Furniture should be beautiful, but if it's not comfortable, it's not much use to anyone. That's why at Habitation, we work hard to make sure that the furniture we sell is stylish and functional. Unique and useful. What more can you ask for? Habitation Furnishing and Design 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. in the style, one-hour conversation about art, architecture, design, and anything else aesthetic. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. My guests are Carol Muller and Cindy Sha... The tequila is working great, Mr. Newkirk. (laughs) (laughs) Carol Muller... And Cindy Chapman from Muska Lighting. Ladies, welcome back. Are you enjoying your margaritas? Very much. Yes. Yes, Very indeed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Segment four is going to be fabulous. You're going to love it. Don't worry. Um, all right. Introduce, uh, ladies, introduce uh, our listeners to Muska Lighting. What are you guys all about? We are a lighting showroom that uh, works with both builder traffic um, architects, designers. We also are retail. And so we have many, many years of experience with all of the people that work with us, mm-hmm. work for us. This year is Muska Lighting's 100th year anniversary. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Mm, the Muska you. Centennial. I'm going to go ahead and say you two don't look old enough to be around with the whole thing. <laughs> no, but I've been there for almost half of that. So seriously, a woman of your vintage, well-aged. Well aged. Thank was, you. <laughs> but <laughs> being a vampire is working really well for you, Carol. <laughs> no, I was right out of college and went right to work for Muska's, and I've been there many years, many, many. That is absolutely. I don't fabulous. even tell anybody anymore. 
I'm, there's so many jokes I could make. I mean, I you know, know, was it established as Muska Candle Company a uh, hundred years? <laughs> I like to use Muscovado as a sugar source. I, I pour a lot of, uh, you know, musk, muscadet. Muscatel. Yeah, Muscato. Muscato. Yeah. There we go. Too funny. Now, Muska has two locations, correct? Uh, they do. Roseville and Eden and Prairie. Eden Prairie. Uh, which is fabulous. And- Roseville's the original or at least uh, the older of the two? Muska Lighting originated on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Really? That's where it all started. Um, Just a little quick history. Tony Muska started his electrical shop in a home on Grand Avenue in 1919. Mm -hmm. It evolved into a bigger electrical shop, and then they evolved into a showroom. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started, was on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. The original location. The original location. That's fantastic. Then they tore that down, built a whole new showroom, and then... Three to five years ago? It'll be four years in January. Okay. Um, We were purchased by uh, Tony and Celeste and um, moved out to Roseville. Mm -hmm. And it's been a great transition. Um, The entire thing went very smoothly. And it was very good for Muska Lighting. That's nice to hear. And Tony and Celeste owned a company called Lighten Up in Eden Prairie. Mm-hmm. And so when they purchased Muska Lighting, because of their longevity in the industry, we changed our name, Lighten Up, to Muska Lighting. So you're a so, Lighten Up alumni. I am. <gasps> so yes. the two of you kind of brought together under the merger and rebranding. Yes. And prior to my Lighten Up journey, mm-hmm. I was at Muska Lighting for, for two that. years. Mm-hmm. Really? So I knew her from there, too. Yes. Yeah. So you yes. thought you were out. And so if anybody's ever been an in. a-hole, just have your card ready and just be like, Lighten Up. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with a smile. That's, that's how the name got started, Ask Tony, someday. It is. That's awesome. But, yes. I have a feeling that would be a great story. Oh, it is. So Roseville is, uh, uh, was the, the location. And you said also, by the way, you guys do a lot of residential and commercial as well, correct? Mm-hmm. And as lighting designers – all right. So I'll, I'll take it a step back. Uh, listeners are accustomed to my having uh, interior designers on the program. Mm-hmm. That's kind of our bread and butter. It's what Habitation does. Mm-hmm. Lighting designers are a slightly different – variety. Um, I mean, how? what's involved in being a lighting designer? Well, I would say we work very closely with a designer. We have our own certification, um, and it has a lot to do with experience and, and, and things. But So we work very closely with builders, mm-hmm. typically, and designers on that building end. Um, and so we help lay out maybe the entire electrical plan, mm-hmm. work on that a bit, um, all the selections, and then carry it through all the way through the process. Okay. Fat, interesting. So you're working with a builder. So let's take that first. So you're working on new builds or substantial – we'll just say brand new builds overall. And you're going to be coming in. You're going to be interacting with the with the electrician to make sure you – You've forgot proper load and things like that. But when you're doing a plan, what level of your brain, what amount of your brain is being spent on aesthetics? What part? Of, what amount of your brain is being spent on the actual lighting itself, understanding the angles associated with lighting and the things like that? Well, it's really two different aspects of lighting mm-hmm. and gives you the layers of lighting, which every project needs. So there needs to be different ways to create different environments within a a space. Mm-hmm. Um, so there needs to be enough light to be able to see and do your daily activities. Mm-hmm. But 
the jewelry comes in with the aesthetic part where you want your diamonds and, and things that actually are the beauty of the, of the space. So you start with the functional aspect, understanding mm-hmm. where light has to be shed and, and you know, how you're going to arrange that, and then you beautify it right. after that. And then and, task lighting also. Right, right, which would be under cabinets and step lighting and cove lighting and different indirect forms of okay. lighting. Which makes which makes sense. What do you guys think about dimmers? Are you fans of dimmers Love in general? Them. Every every fixture, every light product in your home should have a dimmer on it. I, who doesn't like the ability to set the mood? Right, right. right. Yeah. It's. I remember when we were building our house out out uh, out west, out in Wyzetta. The uh, electrician came in and uh, and he said, "So, all right, let's walk through the space and decide where you want dimmers." And being me and not wanting to deal with it, I screamed, everywhere! I want dimmers everywhere! So we've got a dimmer in our laundry room. We've got a dimmer in all our closets. <laughs> you, never, you never know when you want a real, a real sexy laundry session. Not only that, but if you get up in the morning and your clothes are in the laundry room and you need to find them, you don't want bright light. All right, I stand, I stand corrected. Well, well played. Interesting. I don't know. I, I never go into the laundry room. My wife doesn't trust me to do laundry. Well, and, and mostly, <laughs> so. yeah, mostly lighting, I would say... It, with the dimmers that they have now, it's preset so that typically you walk in, you don't need the full amount of light. Mm-hmm. You just need a certain level, and that's what's preset for yeah. you. Which makes sense. Um, what about open lighting versus non-open lighting? When we were doing our closets, for example, we'd originally planned to have little chandeliers in the space, and the city completely nixed that. Do different cities have different codes associated with where you can put different no. types of lighting? No, that's a national code. Really? It is. Why didn't they want me to have a chandelier in my closet? You might put a sock where the light bulb is and start a fire. That would be a really interesting yes. dressing session. Yes. Mm-hmm. It would. It would. <laughs> <laughs> or likewise, you can't have a chandelier over the tub. I mean, so many people see these photos. You can't have a chandelier over the tub. Because you might stand in the water and reach up and try to change the light bulb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think Darwin will be okay with that thing happening, though. I agree completely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree You did this to yourself, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> well, survival of the fittest, you know. <laughs> I really, I've got so many visions coming through my mind right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm taking a bath. Let me change this light bulb real quick. Real quick, honey. Give me a new bulb. All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we will be talking more about lighting design. Muska, Carol, and Cindy, stick with us. But I know I'm going to change that tune when I'm back on top. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. 
but what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself but still works every day. So there it is. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Sundays at 5 p.m. on AM 950. Drinkinthestyle.com. We are providing mood music to go with our dimmer switches in the lighting world. Ladies, are you enjoying the music selections? Absolutely. They are perfect. Newkirk, what did you, this one, this track should be playing in your laundry room? With a low, with a dim, dimmer switch dimmed. <laughs> and the spin cycle on high. That's only if you're not alone. <laughs> right, right. And your walls are thin. Yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent. All right, this has been a fun conversation. And these margaritas are doing a fabulous job, oh, by the way. And they are. The citrus is is actually healthful. and uh, For the scurvy. <laughs> yeah, I stand on my record. Look, Not, no scurvy in these <laughs> Not on my watch, mister. No. Mm. No, the, uh, the, the Mercy House Margarita must be tried, folks. This is a great drink and again it's also i just want to point out it is it is sweet and you know i hate sweet in general rule it is a, it is sweet but it is a fabulous natural sweetness so this this the citrus and the sweet work really well together this is where sweet is supposed to work yeah, yeah exactly no because yeah, we, we know there's plenty of booze in your glass yeah <laughs> i mean if you wanted to kill on the rocks we can make that happen too greg i got more ice <laughs> we'll see what segment four happens i still gotta read the audio blog fair enough all right Carol, Cindy, we've been talking a little bit about interior, about uh, lighting design, and one of the key things I think that is critical in lighting design is scale, right? Very much so. Absolutely. And this is something that is really hard to get your brain around uh, if you are, say, shopping online or or buying something sight unseen. But this is your area of expertise, right? It is. What what. What rules do you follow? What thoughts do you have on selecting proper scale for lighting fixtures? Well, you need to be able to walk under it in most cases without mm-hmm. hitting your head. Mm-hmm. So height Good of rule. a fixture is very Good important. Rule. Ceiling height is Ceiling so height. important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about and you know? And it's one of those things that I mean, we were talking in between segments a little bit about shopping online, and you know, there are a lot of pitfalls to that. But one of the substantial problems is that you don't get a sense of size. I mean, uh, you guys, as professional lighting designers, understand that you know a thirty-six inch lighting fixture, one thirty-six inch lighting fixture, is not of equivalent scale to another thirty-six inch sculpture right correct correct every piece when you base your lighting selections if a piece is open and airy and it's 44 inches wide Mm -hmm. that's going to give you an entirely different uh 
visual than a large dome or glass enclosed, a solid piece is going to feel much heavier, so that should probably be tapered in a bit. Mm-hmm. Like a drum shade. A drum shade or a big piece of glass or something. It's got a lot more mass, a lot more volume. Right? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I often say the beautiful part about working with a designer is, you know, you've seen how all this stuff unfurls. You have experience. And having experience gives you the ability to see the future and that you know what's going to happen if you select the wrong piece. Mm-hmm. So you may go and, you know, hit Amazon or something and select a, a lighting fixture that is, you know, 36 inches and you've measured and that seems like that makes sense. But if you don't understand how the scope of the thing uh, lays out, you may wind up with the completely wrong look. Not only that, but I think you have to think about what other parts and pieces are being in put into a space or that it's living with. So not only are you looking at, say, a dinette fixture, but you're also looking at the island. And then with the way homes are being designed now and the open spaces, you really have to be cognizant of how they're playing together. They mm-hmm. need to be friends, not family members is how I always say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything cannot be a wow. Some mm-hmm. things need to sit back and be quiet. Good for you. Like, like recessed or like can lighting. Or just using different types of materials. So if you have something that's really flashy and and is your wow statement piece, crystal, let's just say, it's loaded with crystal, or it's a big shade piece, you want to have a different kind of material that actually seems a little bit quieter, that maybe is just glass, clear glass, that doesn't say a whole lot, you can see through it. It could be a lantern or an orb or something that's see-through, so it doesn't actually speak as loudly as your main piece does. Not everything can be a statement piece. That's correct. Exactly. So so just kind of touch back when you said, so just to kind of get more educated, because I'm kind of a, light, a lightning dum-dum. Uh, you know, it's because th- you're a mixologist. See, there we go with that blasphemous word, but I like you, so we're going to let that slide. <laughs> he uh, prefers the term <laughs> cocktailist. <laughs> <laughs> so Whatever with, works. With, with lighting, right? Um, do you guys deal with like, uh, do you guys deal with like, um, Automatic, like gas lighting and uh, like actual fire. Occasionally. Yeah. Because I just, I love the way, because I know there's artificial versions of that, but I love that, that movement that you get out, out of the flame. Right. I mean, is that something that's still even in style or am I in the Renaissance era? <laughs> Actually, gas, I just did a couple of lanterns that were gas on the outside of a home. Yeah. Um, and they're beautiful. The effect. The, the effect, effect is I love great. the most. It's, it's, it's the very flicker. Yeah. It's that. It's soothing. Natural. It's, it's soothing. It is. And no. actually, there are LED bulbs that are available now that do give you that flicker. We have those in the restaurant, but they're not nearly as effective long term. No, they're no. not. And they're three watts. So if you actually do need to see anything... Good luck. Yeah. Well, and that's wear a headlamp. Yeah, that's true with even the gas lanterns. I mean, I'm doing a project right now where we're putting gas lanterns on the front of the house, but we're also accentuating with some recessed. We've got another matching lantern that actually will produce our light that we need. So we're mixing it, right? Right. And the actual. Yeah, you know, you have to keep in mind all these different functions of light. You know. Mm So. Well, you've opened a great door on that in terms of discussing trends as we're going forward. I mean, you know, there have been – I mean, the Edison bulb, for example. I love it. I love I, the Edison bulb. Yeah, I'm still a big fan of Edison bulbs. They're they're kind of waning a little bit mm-hmm. on the trend scale. But I think what people really liked about it was the warmth of that 
of that particular light. But what trends are you seeing? What are people moving to now? Well, even if you're still using that Edison shape bulb, Mm -hmm. most often it's now an LED, not the real incandescent version Mm -hmm. of Edison, mainly because you can see um, Which, again, is a nice perk it, it is. in light. It, it is a bonus, you know. Um, <laughs> we do want them to see when, when they're done with their project. Yeah. That's true. I well, did once have a job suit that yelled at me on site. Well, he didn't really yell, but voiced his opinion to me to stop sending those darn Edison bulbs because they can't see. And he's been throwing them away and going to Home Depot and buying real bulbs that really? he can see with. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and... I said, do you, do you know how much your customers paid for those Edison bulbs? And mm-hmm. not only that, but that's the look that's they were they going wanted. for. Not yeah, you. Not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we have Edison, Edison bulbs on the bar top at work with a dimmer switch. Mm-hmm. And if somebody were to flick it and, like, we don't know, um, and you turn it on, literally it's like Walmart. Uh, you can't see because it's almost <laughs> blinding. So you do have to be pretty careful with, with those. And the other thing do. with Edison bulbs, if we're going to talk about that for a bit, there is different color temperatures of bulbs, and that's what people need to start getting in their mindset is the color temperature of bulbs. That's what gives you the warm to the cool. Mm-hmm. Is that like the, the, the watt? Kelvin degree temperature. Okay. Okay. So many of your original um, filament type or, or vintage type bulbs were um, coated in an amber color. Mm-hmm. So it created what the, they call this very warm, a 2200K, very yellow, very warm. Now the new LED ones have come out where they're clear coated, and they're about 2700K. And I know we're getting very technical and probably don't need to get into all of that. Actually, I'm, I'm liking it. Keep going. As you progress up the Kelvin temperature levels, you increase the color, the brightness you know, so it goes from very warm yellow to blue. Do, do natural, you, natural daylight is like 5,000K. Do you ladies have, uh, um, like, technicians on staff? No, it's us. Okay, we so you come, you come in and you install yourself? No. We don't install. Well, that's what I mean, the technician by, by a person of in, installation. Right. An electrician. Okay, because we, we have uh, upstairs on the, on the rooftop patio bar, or upstairs on the rooftop bar, we have uh, LED lights that change, uh, but we've since been able to... Uh, not keep it keep it going, and we're looking for somebody that can actually come in and help diagnose the problem. Maybe you know a guy. It's probably your DMX conversion uh, or the uh, flux capacitor. I am a huge, I am a huge DMX fan. Lube, just uh, yeah. Where my dog's at. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, all right. No, I actually like talking about the details of the of the lighting color. Color is important. It's critically important. One of the things that's kind of interesting is how little people realize how different everything and everyone mm. looks based on the, the the color and the temperature of the light, yes. if you will. So let's start right in the middle. Because if you go down if you go to Home Depot and you go to their their lighting, their bulb their section, <laughs> it's insane. Absolutely mm-hmm. insane. So where do you start? So you had mentioned five thousand is like daylight? Yes. Okay. Bright blue. Like 4,000 to 5,000 is... is 6,500 even. Right. That's very bright blue. You might see that in a commercial building, in a warehouse. I, I don't like it any place. Walmart. Personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And possibly. old fluorescent was in between 4,100 and 6,000. Right. So it becomes very bright, stark, 
Cool white, horrible. they used to call it. Cool yeah. white. Nightmarish. And, right. the, and very few of us look that good. Fluorescence None of incandescent, us. right? <laughs> okay. Fluorescence considered incandescent lighting? No. 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 no, fluorescent is no. its own its own thing. Its own. What's, what's the one that flickers? That it's not good for workspaces. That's a fluorescent, fluorescent light. Okay. And okay. The that long is, tubes. Yeah, typically. I call that the devil's lighting. <laughs> right. um, and actually, that is really almost Passing. become non-existent. Right, mm-hmm. right. It, it truly is. Certain bulbs for commercial industry, which we we house in our building, pretty much three different divisions. You know, our residential, our um, commercial industrial division, and then. Our package type or, you know, production. Tr- production type building. So we have three different quality of people there to help you do things mm-hmm. from commercial to any kind of residential. <clears throat> so, all right. So you've got so blinding, god awful fluorescent lights, five, six thousand lumens, mm-hmm. correct? Or Kelvin. 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 Kelvin degree temperatures. Kelvin degree. And an Edison bulb would come in at what level? 22 to 27. 27. Okay. And your traditional incandescent 75-watt bulb that we all grew up next to? 27. Uh, 27. 27. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, that's, so that's the standard. So 2700 is what we basically are accustomed to. And Very ha- much so. And halogen bulbs are more about a 3,000. 3, 3, K. Okay. So as you're walking down the aisle, start at 2,700 or 2,700? 2,700. And then if you really want to burn someone's retinas, crank it up. up. And if you want to have some kind of other mood lighting, if you weren't wise enough to install dimmers, take it down to like (laughs) 1,000. All right. Good to know. We are now all much, much wiser. We're going to take another break. When we come back, it's the resurrection of the Habitation Audio Log. We're beginning that again. Stick with us because it's a big one. Before the fiddlers. Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture. A single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event... Check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. You know the nighttime now. Is the right time. back to Drink in the Style. Oh, this has been a fun, fun show. <laughs> if, you're not a, if you're not a viewer on the Facebook behind the scenes stream, which happens on Tuesdays prior to the show, mm-hmm. you really should be because there's some quality, quality broadcast in this. That's where the magic actually happens. That is where the magic happens. We have been talking with uh, Carol Muller and uh, Cindy Chapman from Muska Lighting and 
Before I do the uh, Habitation audio log, I want to give you guys a chance to plug Moscow Lighting and tell our listeners everything they need to know. Where do we find you guys online? We find us at www.muskalighting.com. Okay. And Instagram, or are you guys just, you can hunt you down on that and you see some of your projects? that and Facebook. Okay. And then for brick and mortar, for those of us who like to see things in person and or, as you should, want to talk with a designer, where is that? Two locations. One, Eden Prairie, 14797 Martin Drive, 55344. Outstanding. And, and the St. Paul side of things is um, 2772 Fairview Avenue North. 55113, right near Rosedale Mall. Excellent. And, I mean, at both locations, you have literally hundreds and hundreds of, of fixtures that you can see. But more important than that, there are professionals you can talk to who can help you if you don't see the perfect piece, understand what you need, and, and things like that, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't tell you how well-educated our sales staff is and how long they've been with us. Mm-hmm. At both locations. You guys have a great staff. You really we do. do. And we within do. the design community, you have such a great reputation as being a company that high-end designers, professional, I should say, designers, really like to work with because you guys know what you're doing. Yes, but I wouldn't discount all all the range of prices yes. because mm-hmm. we do go from anyone's pocketbook. So it could be low to high. We have everything there. Um, and a variety on both our floors we buy as a group. So there is a wide range of style and pricing on both our floors in each showroom. Fair enough. And I appreciate your walking me back on that. I tend to use high end as being just professional, and that's not the case. You guys can fit a ton of budgets. Everyone's right? budget. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Newkirk. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you plug some, something for uh, for Mike and Abby? So let's see. So you'll be hearing this on Sunday, which means I'll see you next Tuesday. But this Tuesday, uh, which will be past tense, uh, we will be doing a taco takeover at Mercy down the library bar. Uh, we have Chef Gustavo Romero, uh, authentic Mexican food, uh, hand-pressed tortilla shells. Um, it's just going to be a flavor explosion. And let's just say I might be garnishing one of the drinks with a small lime cup of pico de gallo and a potato chip. Muy bien. Or a tortilla chip. That was silly. And what a great name for your chef. Can you say it one more time? Gustavo Romero. Oh, yeah. It flows, right? Mm. Yes. Seriously. And and he's he's a bad mother. Uh, Shut your mouth. The Latins do names really, really well. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Really I've often, don't. you know, when, when you say his name, you actually say it with an accent because it feels like it's to be said with an accent. Oh. You're not like Gustavo Romero. No, Romero. Gustavo Romero. It's yeah. a Romero. Yeah. He'll appreciate that shout out. Yeah. My daughter, so my name, Gregory Rich, was actually butchered. My dear father, who I love dearly, in the 60s, cut it off. It had been Rosiliano, which oh. is gorgeous, right? Oh. And my daughter, who I named Sophia, I mean, uh, how uh. beautiful would that be? Sofia Rossigliano. Can you add it back? No, because I'm her father. <laughs> and <laughs> she is not allowed to be Sofia Rossigliano. Oh. That's going to be a nightmare Rossigliano. for me. Rossigliano. 
Oh. No. Oh. Isn't it beautiful? That's oh. gorgeous. I've thought about changing it back and uh, talked about it with my wife, but she won't come we with w- me. We would then be drinking wine instead of tequila. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Absolutely hey, true. They make plenty of spirits. Oh. And aperitifs and digestifs in, in Italy. So. <laughs> they do. Oh, digestifs, Actually, aperitifs. I had one Italian told me that I had a better Italian accent than some of the Italian people he knows. And then he just casually reached then, around you, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> and, and pulled the bottle of Sambuca out of his bag. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking okay. the style after dark. <laughs> ready to go. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think this is going great. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, as you may recall, I used to do the Habitation audio log on each and every episode. It was a discussion of – or a, a, a compendium of problems in small business or a walk through uh, small business through the prism of Habitation. I kind of – uh, got away from doing that for a period of time when we were in the midst of turmoil. But we have some exciting new news, and we are going to relaunch the Habitation Audio Log as a regular installment on the program. Uh, again, foolishly, I have decided to keep it here on segment four after I've had four cocktails. Uh, you know, a car would be more. <laughs> you have a heavy hand. But we're going to do it anyway. So, uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Habitation Audio Log. We have some exciting news to launch into, so I'm going to try to read a couple of pages uh, and bring everybody up to speed. Are you ready? As I'll ever be. Excellent. I was born ready. <laughs> I have a feeling you were saying. I really do. I really do. Here we go. Habitation Audio Log, installment 39. And I just got that off, like, the last Habitation audio log. I'm not sure it's accurate. Listeners, there's something happening in Minnesota. In January of 2020, Habitation will be moving from St. Louis Park to, wait for it, Edina, Minnesota. But this is no ordinary business move. Habitation will be participating in a new home-building and remodeling collective called The District. Unless I come up with a better name in the next week or two. Located at the intersection of highways 494 and 169, the district is a 21,000-square-foot, three-level building overlooking Nine Mile Creek. It will be a collective of nine independent showrooms, ranging from lighting, wink, wink, to kitchen and bath, to real estate, to, of course, home furnishings. Similar to an international market square, the district will be a destination for anyone currently undertaking or planning to undertake a residential or commercial building or remodeling project. Only, in this case, this is going to be open and welcoming to the public. This is a space where, under a single roof, you will be able to check out some of Minnesota's finest home offerings. You can see the latest in cabinets and appliances in one showroom, then check out a fantastic array of fabrics or tile in another. Top it off by browsing original fine art in the art gallery or studio and studio, and possibly have a quick glass of wine while exploring some of the most beautiful upholstery in the state by wandering through Habitation's shiny new showroom. 
There's a lot going on, going into this, and I'm going to be dedicating the audio log to everything from specific showrooms coming on board to what I'm sure will be an eventful build-out. Stay tuned. I'm looking forward to carrying you guys through this whole process. And for what it's worth, I'm expecting that Mr. Newkirk will be there to administer appropriate amounts of anesthetic as the project demands. I'll be there to pour alcohol. You'll be there to hand talk the whole time. Give me the shot. It's the Italian thing. I can't oh. read without waving my hand. Did you see me earlier? Like a wounded chicken? Yeah, I was going like this. Yeah. Guys in the warehouse used to put my hands behind my back and I couldn't talk. And nice it's, job. It's nice so job we're getting through that, yeah, by the way. Squat. I thought you were going to lose it. I thought that went really well. You couldn't I'm make any so eye contact with myself. Yeah, yeah, no, I, saw I you can't guys. believe these, that I tried so hard. Up. Can I just make one comment? Please. I'm Catholic. Mm. Very Catholic. I'm fully recovered, but keep and going. <laughs> I didn't have all that script on my thing here, and mm. I like to follow along. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you must, you can kneel at any given moment. I, I was just going to say, what does that have to do with Catholicism? I, you've got to follow. You've, you've got to follow through. The whole gospel and everything. You exactly. Had to exactly. No, I wrote that this all morning. The saints, all the saints. All the saints. Palm Sunday. Uh, the best. Absolutely true. The Stations of the Cross, oh, as you wandered through, thing. was mm. calisthenics with God supervising. Tell me you're not going to get deep on that vow. Uh, it's not God today. It's Jesus today. No, you're right. It yeah. is the blood of Jesus. Okay. But but yes, so uh, so the design district, or the district, I was uh, uh, actually... Sounds exciting. It is going to be really, really... I like, I like that So name, are you way. on the northwest, the northeast? Are you on... Do you know where the uh, the old Vikings, Vikings training camp That's is? That's what I thought. Exactly. Okay. Right so you, you hang a hard right at the Viking ship, <laughs> and then you come in. And, and you just, sail on in. And you sail on in. And it is this beautiful mid-century modern building that uh, overlooks the creek, as I mentioned, and uh, it, it's going to be truly spectacular. Ton- tons of windows, right? Is yeah. That's the one property? Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Your, your window lighting for a building that old is outstanding. I know. I, I'm I'm really, really excited. That's the new word for old building, mid-century modern. Oh. It, it is. It's totally – it's a great That's, example of mid-century modern. Yes. The building was so, built in 72. So probably the best dressed uh, straight guy I know. Are you a mid-century modern man? I like I like mid-century modern when it's done well. It, so it, are you? Done well? Uh, yeah. This all is right. This is a great example of a beautiful space. Yeah. But anyway, all right, there it is, my friends. <laughs> we have drunk and waved our hands through another episode More than once. of Drinking the Style. Or a hand, be- whichever it is. <laughs> Inside joke. On behalf of uh, Habitation, Furnishing and Design, Carol and Cindy from Muska Lighting and Newkirk from Mercy, etc., I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And I'm going to quote Thomas Edison. Having a vision is not enough. Vision without execution is hallucination. Good night, everybody.